Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Off the Air. Today we discuss millennial catchphrases that trigger both producer Jason and I. Sandy is on vacation in the deep south, eating her way through a gigantic cinnamon roll and a bottle of moonshine. Here we go. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Marcus, producer Jason. Sandy is off on her Southern Bell walkabout. Mm-hmm. Taking She's made her- it to Tennessee. Has she? Officially? Uh, I guess Gatlinburg, I guess it is. At the time of this recording, <clears throat> yes. I don't know when you're listening. At the time of this recording, which is Captain's Log, star date, Aug 28, 2019, she's going to bike Cades Cove, walk across the Gatlinburg Sky Bridge, eat a huge cinnamon roll at Crockett's, visit the Sugarlands Visitor Center. This is a lot. I know. I'm exhausted just reading. This is a day? And then finish off the night at the Old Smoky Distillery. And she wrote, Moonshine, bitches. I do like the fact that we have a full itinerary here. It is nice. Uh, What are we talking about on the podcast today? Oh, so off the air, Jason, he told me he gets triggered by a phrase that we use all the time on this show. And, uh... I've ha- I've been annoyed by this for a long, long time, and then you guys started saying it around here, and I've been trying to play through, but I cannot anymore. When you guys talk about, oh, adulting. Adulting is so hard, this and that. And you're not the only ones who say this. Why does this bother you so much? Because, okay, for me personally, uh-huh. I am 37 years old. Uh-huh. I became adult an adult when uh-huh. I was 18. Okay. Maybe when I was 18 or 19, or I'll give you even 20 years old, Mm -hmm. maybe I could say like, woo, being an adult is hard. Adulting is tough. Holy shit, by 37, I've been an adult for a long time now, Marcus. I've got it figured out. Yeah? You know what? Life is tough, and you deal with it, and you move on. But I'm not going to say like, woo, being an adult is tough. Look, it's situational. Mm-hmm. Having, raising a kid is tough, uh-huh. but I'm doing the best I can, and I think I'm doing a good job. And it's not difficult? Being, It's difficult, but I'm not going to say like, woo, I can't handle being an adult. Adulting is so hard. Yeah, I've been an adult. You're going to be an adult for the rest of your goddamn life. So angry. Being in a marriage is tough. It takes work every day, but I love it. And you know what? I'm making it work. What if life started throwing you curveballs? Heaven forbid. Give me an example. Okay. Your, heaven forbid your dad passes. Okay. You, and then you find out your parents are broke. Your mom has no money. Okay. She's got to sell the house and this move in. This all sounds very likely when they're gone. <laughs> right. And move in. She has to sell the house and move in with you, your wife, and your one-year-old <laughs> in your TIC. Okay. So. How do you, Okay. It, that would suck. But I'm not going to go, woo, adulting. It has nothing to do with being an adult. It's just life. And you deal with it. And you find the best solutions. And you move on. And you know what? I'm a relatively happy person no matter what. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's lying. (laughs) But do you see what I'm getting at here? Why is everybody like, woo, adult? Like 45 year olds, woo, adulting. Bitch, you've been an adult like forever. (laughs) 
Like it has nothing to do with like a, a, being an adult. You can't deal with just you can't deal with being an adult. You know what's funny is this this actually plays into my we're calling them like millennial trigger phrases. This actually plays into mine, which is this idea that we all have to be 100% transparent and live be our true selves and live our truths. So this annoys you like all that oh, it annoys the shit talk? out of me. And I know, listen. <laughs> I don't mind that kind of stuff, actually. But, but hear me out, because you and I sat in the same meeting where we were told that, you know, uh, marketing surveys 2019 say the most important thing to people, to audiences, to consumers is is the truth, transparency. Yeah, right? I totally agree with but that. But admitting you? that adulting is hard is part of being transparent, because that's normally something look, look, you would look. keep upstairs. Okay, look. What? Don't get it twisted, no. ladies and gentlemen. No, hold ahead. on. Let me explain myself. Don't get it twisted. I'm fine with complaining about your life or being transparent about how tough it is. I'm saying literally the phrase, woo, adulting, am I right? That is annoying. It's so dumb. See, I guess I say it tongue in cheek because I've been an adult as long as you have. Like yeah. I have been out on my own since the day I could leave. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think... I moved back in with my parents when I was 21 or something because I was making nothing on my uh. first radio job. My first radio job, I made 17.5. Just, yeah. just lighting the world on fire. But see, at that, at that time, when you've only been an adult for a few years uh -huh. and life starts really hitting you, real life, I'm not in high school anymore, I'm in college or I'm trying to get a job or whatever, then you can say, wow. Being an adult is tough. I was just a kid a few years ago, and life was so much easier. <laughs> but when, when you're, you're 45, holy shit! When you're you can't like, blame it on being an adult anymore. When you're like 38, you can't even handle going home. Wait, let's not talk about Sandy like she's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. B express it in other terms. Be more specific such about as, what your struggles are. Such as, Jason. Oh, shit. I don't it wanna... sucks. My dad just died, and now my mom has to live with us. Adulting is hard. No, don't say that. It has nothing to do with that. You're so dumb. I hate that. You see my point, right? I do, but I can't believe that one man is so triggered by one phrase. <laughs> like, honestly. What, you just what, sound dumb. What set you off, though? Because when I say it, I'm almost... I've felt this way for years, and I my wife feels this way, too, and we had a hilarious discussion about it, and I was like, oh... She brought it up, and I was like, oh, my God, I think I totally agree. I don't know why everyone says that. No wonder you guys are together. <laughs> First of all, Jason and his wife are super fucking judgy. Let's just start right there. Everyone's judgy. <clears throat> all we do is sit around off the air and sit around and gossip and judge people, <laughs> Marcus. Uh, I understand your point. When I say adulting is hard, it's usually in response to somebody complaining about something they have to do that we all have to do. Like, like literally, oh, I got to pay my rent. Oh, I know. Adulting is hard. This is why I tell people, fucking stay home as long as you can. Live at home as long as you can. There are other cultures that have it figured out. Do you realize there are other cultures out there, they don't even leave the house until they have saved up for their own house. Yeah. These are people living... And, and now, with rents the way they are, it's even, it's even worse. But man, even before uh, rent started balling out of control, uh, there are a lot of people that like... Um, my brother-in-law lived at home until he could afford to buy his first property, and then he bought another property, and now he's independently wealthy. Wow! I, you know, that's cool. For as cool as uh, your independence is, it's way more financially responsible. Just live at home. It's mm. really not that fucking hard, is it? 
Yeah. How hard would it have been for you to stay at home and live at home? Did you bail like instantly? So, Tell me I the story. moved away at 18 to live in the dorms at Sonoma State. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But why though? You're not a party animal. No. What was the and point? And that's exactly why I did not get good grades because I wasn't a party animal and everybody else was. And the environment was just not right for me to actually be able to go to class. What did you study? Uh, what, my freshman year, you're not studying anything. You're just getting your general ed. Oh. You know what I mean? Why didn't you do that at the local JC in well, Fremont? You haven't let me finish. What's so the, what's the, I'm, what's the I'm, college down there? Chabot? I, well, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, Chabot. Ohlone? Uh, the Chabot and Ohlone, I forget what's where. Well, anyway. I ended up going to Las Positas the next year and moved back That's home. That's in Livermore, I, right? Livermore, because I was doing so bad. And I went to Las Positas because my buddy went there, so I wanted to hang out with him a little bit. Yeah. So I went to Las Positas for two years, got my grades right, then went back to Sonoma State, lived off campus, lived alone, and I did much better. So even you back then, you lived by yourself in college. Yeah. No roommate. No, I had a one bedroom. How did you afford to do? My that? parents helped. Okay. Yeah. God, you see, I don't. I never had those kind of parents. Uh. Unfortunately, I worked at Starbucks, and I had parents helping. Uh, but you know, rent was like. It was like a thousand dollars for a one, one bedroom. bedroom. How yeah. big was your your spot? It was fine, just for me. Yeah. Nice living room, yeah. nice kitchen, dining area, mm-hmm. like a di- like an actual place for a full size dining table. Mm-hmm. It was nice. I uh, shout out to Roner Park, baby. What's up? Uh, what do you call it? RP? No. Uh, some people call it RP. Some people call it Ropo. Ro- <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> Yeah. And so you got out of college and you started your internship in radio and then all of a sudden you found a job. How old were you when you got your first radio job? Or just real job in general, like full-time job? Uh, so, <clears throat> uh, let me try to think about this. I got an internship. I was an intern. Then they had just started a new radio station inside that building and I got a part-time job there. Mm-hmm. I was working every day, but it was considered part-time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then I left that gig after a year or two and I got a full-time job, uh, like it was an actual job at a desk in an office. Yeah. And it was inside sales. Doing where for Oh my who? God, I couldn't stand it. I only lasted six months. It was like, and I don't even understand, I didn't even understand the job then. <laughs> and I hardly remember it now. It was this company that managed the, uh, uh, oh my God, I'm trying to remember. It was like software companies outsourced their contracts with like large companies to oh this my God. company. I'm falling asleep. I know. And then when their company was about to expire, I, through this third, uh, you know what? I can't even, uh, no, I'm not, doing, amazing. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I, I lasted six months and I left and I got a part time job at a radio station in San Jose. Uh-huh. That's where I met Sandy. That's where I met my wife right now, also. Uh, yeah. And then after that, I got hired full time on a morning show back in the city. There it is. Yeah. Um, I left home at 19 for six months. Mm. I was working part-time at a radio station in Salinas, and I was pulling down 600 bucks a month. Is that good? No. Oh. My rent, because I was working part-time, my rent was 450 So I lasted six months. $450 a month? Yeah. Whoa, that's so cheap. But it was a, it was a, it was a, like an in-law unit behind no this help. lady's house. I no had no financial help, help. No financial okay. help whatsoever. The only financial help that I had was I could go home and do my laundry. Nice. And my buddy's get mom me, get fed. My buddy's mom would let me raid her pantry. Okay, 
she had five kids that were never home and just stocked the pantry to the hilt like nice. the end of days was coming. So that's I'd go cool. through there and go grocery shopping. That lasted about six months because I started buying weed, and that was expensive back in the day. Oh, Marcus. Anyway. <clears throat> Shaking my head. So then I moved back home, and one of the hardest things in radio is to get that first full-time job. Yeah. Nobody ever wants to give it to you. And so I went from part-time at a station in Salinas to then doing part-time in Salinas and Fresno at the same time. Hmm. I would drive back and forth on the weekend to do yeah. shifts. And then our current boss was my boss in 1995. Hmm. I met him in Fresno, and he hired me to, uh, to be the morning show producer and the overnight DJ. Okay. So I was to report to work at 2 a.m. and work till about 11 a.m. Wow. Also part-time. I got promoted in the weirdest way possible. The guy that I, whose job I took got in a bar fight the weekend I started. So, so he wasn't available, and then... So I drove into Fresno with all my stuff in the back of my truck, you know, moving to the big city to do radio. <laughs> First weekend there, I'm staying with the guy, and he goes, I've got to do a club gig. I'll be back. He ends up getting in a bar fight at the club gig that the radio station represented. Oh. And so that next day, Sunday, my, my boss calls me and goes, hey, we had to let go of so-and-so. Instead of overnights, do you want to do late nights? Which is a much better shift. What is that, 7 to midnight? It was, uh, it was 10P to 3A. Oh, geez, that still sounds terrible. Way better than reporting to work at 2 in the morning. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. So I never actually did the job that I got hired to do because I oh, got promoted straight away. Right. Um, but I was still, fuck, man, and you want to talk about adulting? Like, this is an adulting moment. But again, keep in mind, I'm like 20. Okay, understand. Thank Acceptable. you. I drove into Fresno with a, without a dime, and the starter in my truck went out. Oh. Like that first week. Oh, it's like a bad movie. Fuck, man. You want to talk about a moment where you're like, and literally, you know, like, somebody had a truck, a starter goes out in your truck, you probably have uh, 50 bucks laying around. You know what I mean? 100 bucks laying around. Probably. You didn't have a credit card? No. Uh, no credit card. Did I have a credit card? Maybe I did, but I'm sure I maxed it out because I was terrible financially. I am the definition of financially your weed illiterate. Your guy a credit card, huh? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> your weed guy My took weed credit guy took card? credit cards, yeah. Nah, you maxed it out? <laughs> so, uh, with my first paycheck, you know, making zero dollars, basically, a quarter of the paycheck went mm. to pay for a new starter. Uh, so, anyway, that was still just a part-time job. And then, I, this was such a miracle moment. And this is why I believe in a higher power. Because about six or eight months into this, I'm sitting in my dumpy-ass apartment that I split with a, with a, with a Fresno State College student... My share of the rent was two twenty-five a month. It was a two-bedroom, two-bath. Hmm. <clears throat> there is a hole in the ceiling because of water damage. I wasn't able to come up with my rent that month. Uh, the phone was about to get unplugged, and I'm sitting at the, on the couch staring at the ceiling, and the phone rings, and I pick it up, and it's my old boss from the radio station in Salinas offering me a full-time job. Whoa! Isn't that crazy? What was the gig? Nights. So like seven to eleven. So that's on, like actual on Kadon in Salinas, which is like the biggest radio station, station in yeah. the area. Like I grew up listening to it. This is like like a guardian angel moment, dude. And again, this is why I know there's a higher power. 
because this has happened to me a couple times huh. in my life where where at the depths of despair somebody I've gotten a phone call or something of like don't worry we got you. Wow. It's weird, man. I lead like a charmed life. It's and then, very fucking strange. So what strange. year was this? Uh would have been 1997. Do you remember how much that job paid? <clears throat> oh, 17.5. That was the one. And was that like so was that like whoa, I'm making $17,000. No shit. It? Okay. Okay. <laughs> So I lasted in that job for a year and then got hired back to B95 in Fresno, working for the same guy we work for right now, mm. uh, making 25000 Because I was going to say, like, isn't, wasn't that Monterey Station, like, you know, quote unquote, better than going to Fresno? Yes and but no. But you the money. Uh, the Fresno gig was, was not nights, it was afternoon drive, which I maintain is the best shift on a radio station. Because you can still get home, and it was it was two to six in the afternoon. Schedule wise, schedule wise, it's amazing. Okay, you can still get off the air at a decent hour, get home, have dinner at a decent hour, watch primetime television because this was before TiVo and all that other yeah. shit, yeah. and get to bed early if you want, late if you want. And the, the the fun thing about radio is, it doesn't matter how long we're here. We don't punch in and punch out. As long as we're not late for the show, nobody's gonna say a word. Well, I wouldn't go that far, Marcus. I'd like it if you showed up a little bit earlier so we could There's discuss, no need to We could discuss the program. There's no need everyday. to call me out right now. <laughs> You're trying to put on record that it's okay that you show up at 5:59. No. And not I'm what trying to say it's not at least to me personally. But nobody's going to notice. My point is but nobody's going to notice unless it's gotcha. 6:05 and I'm not here. Yes. Nobody's really going to except for you. Yeah. I get it. Okay. I understand. Fine. <clears throat> Understood. And so afternoon drive like technically you you should get there at 10 a.m. You can get there at 11. Nobody's going to sweat you. For afternoons? Well, I was also a music director. Oh. And, and assistant program director. Generally in radio, it doesn't start till 3 p.m. Funny you should say that because then after the Fresno gig, I got my first job in San Francisco, a station that people might remember, Z95.7. We played Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, NSYNC. Mm-hmm. And I was only required to report at 12.30 in the afternoon. Like literally, they told me not. If you came in too early. Were you, you the music were, director? I was not. I was. I just did the afternoon show, which started at two. So the company that I worked for was so weird. If you showed up too too early, you would be considered a security risk. Because why are you here? What isn't that weird? Because I want to prepare. Yeah, I had a buddy who uh, didn't have anywhere else to go one night, and he was working part time. And he was just taking a break in the break room, well after his shift was over, huh. and they told him to leave. You're a security risk. You're not supposed to be here. What does that mean, security risk? Meaning like, why are you just hanging out? It's very suspicious? It's very suspicious that you're just hanging out. Whoa, I never heard of this. So literally, I was working. This was the sweetest gig ever. I told Jason this off the air, but 12.30 in the afternoon until 6 o'clock, and at 6.01, I was gone. And I I went from making 25 to making 65, which when you're 23 years old... He's a big fucking you deal. You were 23 and you made $65,000? I was. I'm sorry. Damn, dog. <clears throat> that was a long time ago. And I was still adulting and I was still learning how to be an adult. And I was trying to figure out how to manage my money, which I did a shit job at. Yeah, doesn't that suck? Oh, it's terrible. That would have been so great if you were 23 and you knew how to manage oh, money. I have a buddy whose parents... See, and this is the difference between having... 
it's that whole, not to bring up the only financial book that I'm reading, but the whole rich dad, poor dad kind of paradigm. You just started, well, you just started audiobooking I just this? started audiobooking this, and it's so eye-opening. Here, it's I'm like 20 ha- years old, by the I, way. I know, I'm halfway through my life. I should have picked up this book 20 years ago. Yeah. But it talks about like the stuff that rich parents teach their kids about, getting money to work for you, versus the way we all learned, which is grow up, leave the house, get a job mm-hmm. to make the money, to pay the bills, to get up tomorrow. And do the same fucking yeah. thing. That's what I did. In fact, That's my, the rise, grind, repeat. Rise, grind, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> so, my financial plan. This is ridiculous coming out of my mouth. My financial plan back then. My goal was just to make more money than I could possibly spend in a month. That was. I mean, always the goal. That's a decent goal. I know. Stupid. Because I never. I didn't save much back then. But it's like who who was around to teach us about investing or saving? Nobody. Yeah. I mean. This is why I always say, like, look, have your parents, but then also go find somebody who's good at that shit. Yeah. And make them show you. You know what's so funny? Like, I, I think about growing up, and, like, I think about, like, God, I wish I was smarter right, right now. I wish I knew about how to manage money and numbers yeah. and stuff. Thank God I have my wife. I swear. And the difference between, this is why my wife is so good at it, because her mother uh, has done taxes for I a know. living. She's an enrolled agent. So for her whole <laughs> life. And, you know, it takes, like... It takes you hearing and experiencing something 10, 15, 20 times for it to even start making an impression. Right. So my parents maybe had one or two conversations with me about, you know, saving is better than spending. Right. But that didn't make an impact. No. But my wife, Diane, time and time again, day after day, she was pounded in her head. Save money. Manage money. Fiscal responsibility. Right. And that made an impact in her life. So you have to beat it. This sounds terrible. You got to beat it into your children. (laughs) And so my wife is so good at it, so that's why I have hope for our son right. that he'll grow up smart because I'm not smart, but he's got his mother to help him understand these kind of things, and she's going to beat it into him uh-huh. every single day. I'm excited about the... And we've started having this conversation with my daughter. She's five. She gets, understands saving, and she loves big piles of money. Yeah, like you guys do the thing. You're like you're literally putting coins into different bottles or whatever. Uh, yes, but at... Five years old, at ten, at ten cents a job, she has managed to accumulate forty five dollars. No, yes, forty five. I think it's taken That's like nuts. three, four months, That's and she's nuts. bought a couple things here and there. Yeah, yeah. She's currently carrying more cash than her dad does. Like that's, and so I can't. <laughs> I can't wait to have the conversation with her about the stuff that I'm learning in this book about like, all right, let's take that money and in, invest it and and generate more money with that money. Yeah. If you want to buy something, <clears throat> take the time to 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 buy what's go look up uh uh income producing assets mm. and you'll you'll start to understand what I'm just learning right now that I should have learned 20 years ago. If I knew then what I know now, I would not give two fucks about whether or not I lost a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you already have other revenue. Because <clears throat> I would already have other revenue streams. Yeah. I would. It, it's more than just saving. Saving is the basic thing to yeah. do. But like, there are all these other avenues. If you've got a hundred bucks, or five hundred bucks, or a thousand bucks, you can take five thousand dollars and grow it into a mill. Yeah. You can do it. Uh, Dude, good job with your daughter, though, man. Because that's what I'm saying. Like, she every day she's living it. Yeah. So she's on a great path. I don't to understand. But see, this. I don't know if. Because it's funny, when we go to the toy store and you're like, all right, uh, you brought $6, what do you want to buy? And the thing is like $10. And then she looks at me and goes, and I go, well, you didn't bring enough money. 
And she'll look at me and go, well, but you did. Oh. You know what I mean? We're not quite there yet. She's not a child genius. Oh, she's not doing that A yet. financial child genius yet. Yeah. She likes to hold on to her. She's all of us. She likes to hold on to her money and get the pretty stuff at the same time. Yeah. And she knows daddy's right behind her with the credit card. So it's a work in progress. But I am impressed at 10 cents a hit she's managed to save this, this wad of cash. That is nuts. Yeah. Be proud, man. I just... um. I want to have the conversation with her that my parents never had, mm-hmm. which is to say, here's how to make your money work for you. That's fascinating to me. That's some next level shit, man. Yeah. How anyway, long have we been at this? We're good. We're good. I think we've, it's been a quality podcast. All right. Thank you. Sandy will be back next week. Thank you, Producer Jason, for <laughs> oh, sitting okay. in. Yeah. Catch up with us online. You can find all of our social handles. Just go to at Marcus and Sandy, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I want to at- hit two Gs on What's my Instagram, up? Marcus. Are you almost there? I feel like I'm offering a lot of quality content oh for my God. young parents. <laughs> uh, go follow Jason specifically at Radio Jason D. Let's get him to 2,000 follows because he's a good person. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.